This is the Taz and Jim Podcast. Jim, your fiance has given us a topic to discuss on the show today. Yeah, she sent me a screenshot of this. Every town like of a certain size has a wedding swap and sell kind of Facebook page. So if you have... Just old little knickknacks from wedding, you know, centerpieces, whatever. Save some money, swap it around. Yeah, I, I know exactly what you're talking about. You buy a lot of stuff for the big day, and then once the ceremony's over, the, the reception's over, you're like, what am I going to do with this? It's a shame to throw it out. Yeah, yeah. You might as well pass it on to the next couple getting yeah. married. It was only used for six hours, you know? <laughs> exactly. But often they'll also post questions or advice and stuff like that for people who have already been married or are going through similar situations when it comes to the wedding as well. So ask for advice. Yeah. So this is this comes from the London, Ontario wedding swap and sell. I, what do you think about this, Taz? My husband is going to a bachelor party next weekend. It'll be close to $1,000 for two nights. We just found out that the bride and groom haven't even set a date. No venue or any plans in concrete yet. Is this normal to have the bachelor party when nothing is planned for the actual wedding? They are that couple that fights more than they are happy. Makes me nervous they won't even have a wedding. How would you feel about this? A guy's weekend is one thing, but when they are also footing the expensive bill for the groom, it changes things. So often mm. with the, for the bachelor party, the bachelor doesn't pay for the the hotel room or the golf round, whatever yeah, it is. All the other guys pitch in, in a little yeah. extra, and 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 they cover the groom's expenses. Now, if you were the wife here, would the red flags be going off a little bit, the alarm bells? Because that is a little odd. You don't have the bachelor party before the wedding date is set because you're supposed to sit, put it like close to the wedding or near to the wedding for like one last. Usually, hurrah. it's a week or two out, right? Ideally, maybe a month, just depending on what the situation is. But yeah, you set the date first and then you set the bachelor party date. There's no rush. To me, it may, it sounds like this may be a wife that is looking for an excuse to not let her husband go to a bachelor party. Why? Why do you say that? You, you know what happens at bachelor parties. <laughs> but, but she she doesn't trust. Concern. No, I think this this the person who posted this does not trust her husband to go to this bachelor party, and she's looking for some uh, community support. So when she tells him he's not allowed to go, she can say, "Look, there's 82 comments, and they all agree with me." <laughs> no, no, because if I if my buddy tried to pull this one on me, he's like, "Hey, boys, we're going to Vegas. Oh, sweet. When's the wedding? Haven't decided yet, but let's go." Okay, so yeah, if you guys can just cop off that $750 for me anytime, <laughs> you'd be like, listen, buddy, even if it was your best friend, you'd be like, no. But they are engaged. Like, the the, the guy whose bachelor party it is, he's engaged to the woman? Uh, from they what I can tell. They just haven't set a date yet. Imagine if they weren't engaged and they were throwing the bachelor that's, party. I hope they got there. That's completely different. Yeah. And by the way, if you want to go somewhere and you want to party with your homies, just go. You don't need a bachelor party to get out of town. So, but the, it's the it's the part where you're chipping in for the guy who to pay for the guy. Yeah, and we talk about it all the time. You get divorced uh, like a year after the wedding, you should give all your gifts back. Yeah, like this guy or should if be you on the line here. You retire from the NFL and then you decide you're going to return and play another season. You should give all your gifts back. <laughs> Yes, all your gold watches, whatever you get. <laughs> yeah, but I don't know. I don't think this is. I think this is sketchy. I think I've seen. I've seen friends try to. Do you ever have a friend who always forgets his wallet when he goes out? I know a guy who once 
literally went to Vegas. I, I don't know if it was a bachelor party, but he forgot his wallet to go to <laughs> Vegas. People so pull these things. So he's borrowing money from all of them. Yeah, and he's like known for doing stuff like that. So there are these people Do I who know exist. a guy like that, Jim, or am I a guy <laughs> like that? Old missing wallet Taz, eh? My wallet's just a rumor. <laughs> Allegedly he has one. So I'm on the you wouldn't, side. you wouldn't be going to this guy's bachelor party. If one of your friends said... I'd go. Jim, I wouldn't pay for him. Okay. Well, I'd say, maybe uh, you throw that out there. Or you say, listen, this is the deal. You get a contract drawn up. If you don't end up getting married to this woman, you have to pay us all back. Plus dividends and, and interest. And interest. Yeah. So Jim's fiance Sarah saw this question shared on a uh, Facebook group, a wedding swap and trade Facebook group. It was a dilemma that the wife of a guy invited to a bachelor party was having. Hi, my husband is going to a bachelor party next weekend. It'll be close to $1,000 for two nights. We just found out the bride and groom haven't even set a date yet. No venue or anything. Is this normal to have a bachelor party when nothing is set? They're the couple that fights more than they are happy. Makes me nervous they won't even have a wedding. Uh, a guy's weekend is one thing, but when they're also footing the expensive bill for the quote groom, it changes things. One eight three three Taz and Jim is our number. What do you think? That'd be like throwing a baby shower before you're pregnant. Yeah, we're planning on getting Just pregnant. Yeah, no, that's absolutely ridiculous. I have to side with the wife. Thank you. Hey, it's Taz and Jim. Explain this to me again, will ya? Okay. So there is a uh, guy who's going to a bachelor party for his friend. Okay. His wife's not happy about it because the the bachelor and his fiance have not set a date for the wedding yet. And, but they are getting married. But they are getting married. Well, they're engaged. Yeah. Okay. Okay. And all of the, all the boys are paying for the bachelor, and uh, this this guy's wife is worried that they're going to pay for the bachelor to go away on this vacation, and then he's never going to get married. Okay, so contract for sure with your buddy, hundred percent. Yeah, what's is, the is, rush? Is the is the, is, is the bride, uh, groom expecting for the, his friends to pay for it? Yes. Oh yeah, that's an no fly zone. I'm getting married next year, and we're going to Collingwood for a bachelor party. That's and what I I'm going to no go to. I have no intentions on them paying for me. Hmm. But, but if they want to bring do. some supplies, yeah. <laughs> they want to bring some supplies, you know, like <laughs> <laughs> that's fine. Yeah. I. Uh, what's the rush? Unless there was a sick deal at Swoop or whatever to get to Vegas for ninety nine bucks, there. Why not wait? There's no rush. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Totally on your boat, Jim. See you in Collingwood. <laughs> this is the Taz and Jim podcast. And the chess world is in shambles. Uh-oh. Absolute shambles. Have you heard about the, uh, and if you got the kids in the car, you don't want them to grow up to become chess cheaters. So maybe you don't want them to hear this. Have you heard the scandal involving the anal beads? <laughs> I've heard rumblings of it. Yes. <laughs> Where were the rumblings, Jim? It's somewhere deep inside a dark cave. So, there is uh, the world champion of chess right now, Magnus Carlsen. This guy is like the Tiger Woods of the chess world, right? Yeah. Tiger in his prime. This is like he's up there with Kasparov and Bobby Fischer. He's a pretty big name. Yeah. 
And he was playing against uh, Hans Niemann, this other guy who's not ranked nearly as high as Magnus Carlsen. Hans Niemann was able to beat Carlsen, and people speculated the way he was able to do it was he had some remote control anal beads inserted, daily dumper, where'd you hide it? And somebody was relaying the moves to him via bead. This is this is crazy because uh, like I've seen movies where the guy's playing poker and he's got the thing on his leg and it taps, you know, in Morse code, like what the other players have and stuff like that. So I I know that that's a possibility, but where does the jump come from? For, <laughs> speculating a guy is ranked too low to beat the champion to anal beads vibrating. I don't understand how that assumption came. There is no concrete proof that this has happened, but uh, and it's a big but. This is the rumor that's going around, and I, I don't know exactly how it would work. Like, if you'd pick up the chess piece, and you'd start moving it towards another square. <laughs> Hotter, colder. <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you just look at his eyes to know he's feeling something. No, you would just... Short buzz for yes, long buzz for no. There's chess connotation, so you would need two buzzes to tell you where the... which. Which spot the piece is on, and then which spot to move it to. So you would need four inputs every time to cheat. <laughs> there was a rematch online. They were playing chess online, and this is a this is big. Like people tune in to watch this stuff. So you had uh, Hans Niemann, the guy who's accused of using the anal beads, going up against Magnus Carlsen this week, and. What happened next has shocked, once again, shocked the world of chess. Uh, he got a good position against Magnus. It was a very, very good game. It was probably an inspired game, you could call it. But is it an obvious proof of cheating? Definitely not. I don't think he cheated in the Singfield Cup, but everything else oh, is still sorry, Alejandro. Sorry, Alejandro. I just have to interrupt you uh, because the game started um, and Magnus has logged off. What has happened? Magnus has resigned. Magnus has resigned the game wow. against Hans Niemann. Yes, uh, at least that's what so it says in our transmission. Name one move and resigned. Yes, it looks that way. Wow. Uh, so uh, the, the world champion Carlson resigned. He made two moves in this game and then resigned out of protest. He's refusing to play the anal bead guy because he thinks he still <laughs> might be. Uh, Getting buzzed the moves. Maybe he is, but like, I don't know, man. It's just, Magnus Carlsen does kind of complain a lot. You know what I mean? He, I don't know more so than any other champion, but I, I just, I don't understand. I don't understand how you solve this. They should be playing chess naked. No more live streams. You have to walk through a metal detector, no clothes on, <laughs> sit down at the table. We get a, we get a bend over, yeah, cough. We, we get a size, seismograph on the table. So if there's any vibrations at all. <laughs> This is the Taz and Jim Podcast. We're going to have to start a new regular segment here on the Taz and Jim Show called Don't Eat It. <laughs> Yesterday, around this time, we were talking about uh, how the FDA in the U.S. has said, do not cook your chicken in NyQuil. Buzz kills. <laughs> Literally. Not a good idea to cook your chicken in NyQuil. And today's Don't Eat It, your Crocs. Are we talking crocodile meat here? Your shoes, your Crocs. 
Who is eating their Crocs? Apparently, this has become a thing online uh, where people are claiming that Crocs are edible because they're made of a non-toxic material called Crosslight. It's 98% feedstock, a plant-based substance made out of things like straw. (laughs) So it does kind of sound like, hey, you could eat that. But uh, a writer for Vice looked into it, and they found that you do not want to eat your Crocs. Thank God somebody looked into it. We don't have the right enzymes in our bodies to break it down, so if you eat your shoe, it could lead to serious digestive issues like diarrhea or constipation, bowel blockage, and even if it did break down, there's no nutritional value in feedstock, so if you're ever stranded in the woods or in the Swiss Alps and you think, oh, I'll just eat my Crocs to stay alive, it probably isn't going to help you. Uh, A handful of people online have posted videos of them trying to eat Crocs. Uh, A guy in St. Louis boiled a Croc to soften it it up, cut a piece off, dipped it in sriracha sauce, said it didn't taste that bad. You dip anything in sriracha sauce, it'll be all right. He couldn't chew through it, so he swallowed the piece whole, and he said he felt it lingering in his throat for hours afterwards. So, uh, yeah, it seems like the consensus is don't eat your shoes. <laughs> like it needed to be said. Apparently but it's like, it yeah, everyone's well, there's like a crazy guy at the fair and he'll eat metal or whatever. A you light know? bulb. Yeah, totally. I don't so, think that's good for you either. No, but it just takes <laughs> one person to do it. And then people are like, oh, I guess I'll try. Yeah. I, I think the croc people better put a warning on the side of their shoe boxes. So, in the past couple weeks, there's been talks of. Uh, Changing the Leafs goal song at Scotiabank Arena from Holland Oats, You Make My Dreams Come True to Something Else. Uh, on Tim and Friends, Austin Matthews said that he wouldn't be against the idea and that maybe Justin Bieber would be a good option. Get some Biebs in there. He, he is buddies with the, the Biebs. Mm-hmm. It would be funny. Dev says there's no way Austin Matthews is leaving Toronto. But imagine he got them to change the goal song to Baby, 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 goal. Baby, 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 goal. And, and then he left. <laughs> <laughs> and then they, for whatever reason, have to stick with the goal song. <laughs> Peace out, suckers. Uh, we posted the question on the Taz and Jim Facebook page. What? Should the Leafs' new goal song be? And we got a ton of responses, Jim. Yeah, the majority coming from Canadian artists, or for Canadian artists, I should say. Uh, Karen uh, suggested Drake started from the bottom. Okay. You got a little sample of that? Yeah. Hold on. Hold on. You know what we got to do? What? Give me a second. Okay. We need to get this. So I'll play the goal horn because we need the full effect. True. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's see how it sounds. So Leafs score a goal. But Drake has such a close relationship with the Raptors, it almost seems like he's cheating. You know, it's like we have more than one Canadian artist we can highlight here. Yeah, it seems, seems a little uh, suspect there that he's <laughs> suddenly helping the Leafs out when we know the Raptors are his first true love. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, Sean says he wants to hear Rush Working Man when they score.
artist idea. I feel like this song, not as many sing-along lyrics, though. Like, you want the audience participation, I think. Like, the one thing that that Hall & Oates song had going for was the like yeah. that's you know everyone like the, can sing to that like the knights and chicago blackhawks go and it's very easy to sing along with which is why i think maybe uh stephanie's suggestion of bto might work can't help but sing along and imagine if you Scored a goal in overtime and they play this song? Work in overtime. Yeah. That well, could, could they do that song just in overtime if they score an <laughs> overtime goal? Another one here, a little different choice. This is Mike says Donna Summer. Be fun once in a while. Might be grading after a while. Yeah, well, I don't think this is if you're complaining about Holland Oats, I can't see you thinking this Donna Summer yeah. song would be a good choice. Now that's real music. <laughs> Here's my suggestion, Taz. I have one. Okay. Also Canadian. Some lover boy. You gotta do the part where it's the oh yeah oh oh I'm not machine I'm just something in between All right, some suggestions there if you've got one. Conversation continues on the Taz and Jim Facebook page. This is the Taz and Jim podcast. A really cool event going on this weekend in the Taz and Jim listening area. Dorchester Fairgrounds, if you are a fan of Renaissance festivals, or if you've seen them on TV in movies and you've always wanted to experience one in person, here is your opportunity. The Oxford Renaissance Festival is coming up this weekend, and we've got a representative, a phone number here for one of the representatives of the festival. Let's see if we can get them on the line. Morning. Yes, we are trying to get in touch with the Honorable Master Thomas Williams, Lord Mayor of Wolvercote. Master Taz, it is such a joy to hear your voice this morning. <laughs> uh, Master Jim is here as well. Morning. Good morning, Master Jim. Or should I refer to you as Sir Jim? Ooh. I did witness you a couple years ago launching our trebuchet and astride a warhorse in full plate armor. I was astride a warhorse in a suit of armor. It was amazing. Uh, and I got to say, the joust going down at Oxford Renaissance Festival, so hot right now. House of Dragons, what did it open up with? A jousting scene. I can't wait to see it this weekend. And this year, my lords, you are in for quite a treat. Returning this weekend is none other than the renowned Knights of Valor, led by Master Shane Adams. In my opinion, arguably one of the best jousting troops in the world. So this is full on, like, on horses, real horses, or are there people pretending to be horses in this uh, scenario? Oh, indeed, they are truly war horses. The knights will be in full plate armor, 
and they will be using 12-foot-long, 2-inch diameter Douglas fir lances. These lances are not designed to break upon impact. Mm. This is the real deal, my lords. When a knight falls off his horse, it is quite a traumatic experience for us until we know they're okay. It's intense. Yeah, somebody could get hurt. It We're in. <laughs> <laughs> it's like Indeed, the NASCAR races. Lord, you want to see a crash. Now that, that is not our wish that someone would get hurt, but it is distinctly a possibility. Now, if they do no get injured and they're no longer of use on the battlefield, you do put them in the trebuchet and just launch them, right? <laughs> There's someone else's uh, problem I, now. <laughs> And if there's some serious injuries, just put some leeches on them. So we got the mead going on. We got the, uh, the I, I'm hoping, giant turkey legs. Oh, they should be in abundance, my lord. <laughs> They're quite the tradition. What else can we expect at the Oxford Renaissance Festival this weekend? Well, my lords, to stay in touch with the combat, we do have a very wonderful group called Dwarf, who are hemophytes, that is, historic European martial arts, or those of the combatant fields referred to as the heavy European martial arts. They will be doing ground combat demonstrations with sword, shield, axe, mace, etc. And much like the jousting troop, this is also not for the faint of heart. This is not scripted. It is full steel Full contact combat. You may also entertain yourselves in Her Majesty's presence. You may visit one of our plentiful stages to see wonderful acts such as the magicians uh, Tom Bedlam or perhaps Zoltan the Adequate. We have musical (laughs) troops. We have fire entertainers. As you mentioned, we have the trebuchet. We are also blessed to have a cannon. Ooh, like a legit gunpowder cannon? Like, is this thing going to shoot stuff? It will not be charged with an actual projectile, but it will be firing. And the shockwave coming out of it and the smoke discharge is quite the display. Cool. We also have the Vikings of Vinland, which will be coming and setting up. And they are an authentic Viking reenactment group. And they will be sharing historical Viking knowledge and trade skills. Historical Vikings, huh? I might uh, keep, my keep your distance. <laughs> <laughs> now, is this is this event? Is it fun for the whole family? Absolutely. Where should people go if they're interested in finding more details? They should go to the web page renfest.ca. Also, too, children 10 and under years of age will be admitted free because we want them there to enjoy as well. It is fully accessible for those in need. Now, our our gates do open at 10 a.m. However, between you and myself and the listeners, if everyone shows up at 9 and 45, there is a special treat to behold both days. Very nice. So be there early. The Oxford Renaissance Festival going on this weekend. Uh, Master Thomas. Oh, sorry. I forgot the honorable. The honorable Master Thomas Williams, Lord Mayor of Wolvercote. We appreciate your time this morning. And I thank you for your time. Are you brave enough to let me see your big cock? It's sports time with our sports guy, Mr. Devin Peacock, is in the studio. Dev, 
little soap opera drama within the Boston Celtics organization. Yeah, it couldn't happen to a better franchise. I hate everything Boston, so <laughs> the fact that this is happening to the Celtics is fantastic. Feel kind of bad for Nia Long, though. The actress? The actress, because Nia Long's partner for the past 12 years has been Ime Udoku, who is the head coach of the Boston Celtics. He now could potentially be uh, suspended for the entire season because the franchise has deemed that he has had an improper relationship that was consensual with a female staffer. So consensual, that's good. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Step one. Improper, not good. Mm Mm-hmm. And I guess usually when you have a workplace relationship, you have to disclose that to the the employer. If it's an affair, then that's a tough thing to do. <laughs> <laughs> Although uh, I, I I want to meet the person who wants to have the affair, but also declares it to everybody and just says, "Hey, I'm married to Nia, but uh, me and uh, Nia too here are gonna." <laughs> <laughs> going to have a relationship. Do they have a kid together? They do have a kid. They had a kid seven years ago. And so... Nia and... Nia and Ime had a kid together. Right. He did not have a kid with the woman he was having an affair with. Not that we know. Uh, maybe uh, we'll find out uh, very soon that, uh, that did. he did. name his kid <laughs> with his, his partner after his mistress? Because apparently that is so hot to do right now. <laughs> he didn't put an ad- pull an Adam Levine. No, that's uh, that's in a move that's exclusive to, uh, to good old Adam. I've been thinking about that for the last two days. Is that not the most psychopathic thing you could do? Have an affair. And name your child after your mistress. It is psycho. If that's what happened, it is. That's a complete psycho move. I feel like there's still more coming out, but if that's how it went down, complete sociopath. It's perverse. Like that's that's ridiculous. So what's going to happen to this guy? Is this like something you can't come back from? Because it's not good. But no. So the team is considering uh, what to do. They believe he's uh, violated uh, team principles, code of conduct, everything. He could be facing a year long suspension from the team. His job apparently not in jeopardy at this point. He could come back in a year if it is a year-long suspension. What makes this really interesting is the Boston Celtics went to the NBA Finals last year. They are viewed this year as one of the top two teams in the Eastern Conference. Training camp is about to begin in the NBA in about a month. So if you're the Boston Celtics, where do you find a new head coach? How do you uh, get through a season where you are one of the favorites to potentially win the title? And then if you're Ime, if you are suspended for an entire year, how do you come back next year and command the locker room when the reason that Brad Stevens left was he felt he could not lead the locker room. He's now the president of basketball operations. Maybe he comes back. It's a weird, weird situation. I don't know if you guys saw Ted Lasso or not, but you know what happens when somebody on the team has an affair that's running the team. The wife who was cheated on takes over. Nia Long becomes basketball coach for the Boston Celtics. Cinderella story. I like it. (laughs) This is the Taz and Jim podcast. We heard from the Smashing Pumpkins and they've been busy. They have a 33-song rock opera that is going to be released in three parts here. They say it is a sequel to Melancholy and Machina. So the this would be the third in a trilogy, I guess, if that's the way it goes. 
Okay. Do you like this trend? Weird. Because it, we saw Spiritual Machines 2, Our Lady Peace, came out with a, a sequel to one of their albums. Does it make a difference to you if a band calls an album a sequel, or is it just another album from the band? You name something a sequel, I immediately think it's going to be worse than the original. It doesn't matter if it's an album or a movie or whatever. It's rarely better. Honestly, 1% of the time it's better or as good, so it doesn't get me excited. And I love that Spiritual Machines album, but I never listened to the new one because I assumed it was going to be more of the same, so I just never even got excited about it, which is the same thing here for the Pumpkins. So if you were giving advice to a rock and roll band, you would say, even if it is a sequel in your head, yeah. don't say it out loud. Let the fans figure it out, you know what I mean? Get them talking on the forums. First day of fall, very fittingly, the album, or the three albums, titled Autumn. Spelt A-T-U-M. I also, another thing that makes me nervous when people release an album, when there's 33 songs on it. <laughs> That's a lot. I go, there's got to be some fat to trim. Sure, but there's also got to be one or two really good songs in there. But they would have been there regardless. You got to think, well, who knows? Maybe the, the quality and quantity ratio. <laughs> you never know. Sometimes the song you write in five minutes becomes the hit. You never know. Yeah. But, you hear that a lot of the time. It's like, oh, we only had 10 songs, and the record company said we needed 11 on the album. So we wrote this song, and it became our biggest hit. Yeah, totally. They have released an, uh, a video and a song, Beguiled is the name of it. The first single. Sounds very smashing pumpkinsy. Mm-hmm. Video's pretty cool too. We'll post it on the Taz and Jim Facebook page. But if you're a fan of the band and you're hoping for a lot of smashing pumpkins over the next few months, Autumn, 33 tracks in three acts. They will be released every 11 weeks. Starting off with Act 1 on November the 15th. This is the Taz and Jim Podcast. Tom Hardy, the actor Tom Hardy, turns out one, one, of a, one heck of a tough SOB in real life, Jim. Yeah, apparently. Uh, he's been training Brazilian jiu-jitsu for a few years. And at a tournament in the UK uh, the other day, people were like, Man, this competitor, that guy looks like Tom Hardy. Turns out it was... And he was wiping the floor with everybody there. Every match he was in, he won, and he ended up winning the entire tournament. And turns out, like he kind of he entered under his actual his real name, so not Tom Hardy. His real name is uh, Edward Hardy, which I understand why he goes by Tom Hardy. <laughs> Doesn't <laughs> want to be associated with yeah. the douchebag T-shirts. But apparently, he was in another uh, jujitsu um, tournament uh, a month ago in August, and he won that too. So he's legit. Wow. And he's 45, so he's not a young man uh, in the jiu-jitsu world. Like, 40 is usually when the guys in the UFC are, are basically done. He's my age. You think you could take him? <laughs> no. <laughs> it's crazy, though, because, you know, a lot of people on TV or movies, they look like they're tough guys, and then they're probably soft as heck in real life any time they get hurt or something like that. But jiu-jitsu's not easy, like... You're you're putting yourself in a vulnerable position. You got guys with their legs and ass all over your face. Like you know what I mean? For a celebrity to go through this, getting choked out by random people, I give them all the all the props in the world. 
So you're impressed by this? Yeah, I, I actually we have a friend who who teaches jujitsu, right? Sure. Yeah, and I was like, hey man, I was thinking about taking jujitsu class. He's like, do you love guys like smelling every disgusting part of a man's body because that's what jujitsu is? I said, I'm good. I don't think I'm going to do it. But that's what Tom Hardy is putting himself through. Okay, but, well, hold on a second. When I when I said. Sting is a good-looking man. Sting was in London, Ontario. Saw pictures from the concert. I'm like, wow, Sting, for a 70-year-old man, he's in good shape. Don't you think Sting's a good-looking man? You're like, yeah, well, I'd be more impressed if he didn't have millions of dollars. So Sting, you're not impressed by, but Tom Hardy, you're impressed by. Yeah, simply looking because you have to get you have to fight people, and I've seen sure. many. I've seen many athletes. But I've seen, but he's no. got he's got all the money in the world to hire the top trainers. That's true, and nutritionists. That's true. So would you be more impressed if he was a bus driver and yes. he was winning jiu jitsu yes, tournaments? And if, and if he was a bus driver, we wouldn't be talking about him right now. But also. He's he doesn't have to do this. He's a millionaire already, so he's putting himself on the line. And I've seen other actors try to do this, like Batista tried to get in the UFC ring, and he fought just a tomato can, like soup can guy, and almost lost. So he has all the people in his corner. He's a big fella. Was in wrestling for a while. He still got his butt kicked. So just because you're rich, it doesn't mean you're good or gonna win. So I still got to give him props. Because it is a combat sport. This is the Taz and Jim Podcast. Well, today is a big day for Motley Crue's Tommy Lee. His OnlyFans page has gone live. (laughs) Yes. Oh, boy. There's a couple of packages. Well, there's one main package. (laughs) (laughs) But subscription-wise, you can uh, get a monthly subscription to Tommy Lee's OnlyFans for $19.99 U.S. or quarterly $50.97. Because by month, that's more than Netflix and Disney+. Plus. Like, just for one guy? That's expensive. Yeah. Well, if you want to see it, you got to pay for it now. The, uh, the, the little caption here on his OnlyFans page, and I have not subscribed yet. It says, yeah, that Tommy Lee, and yeah, that D. <laughs> Come watch me be free. Huh. Okay. Maybe this will be... Maybe uh, this Hold will on, be- I'm not done. Oh, he's still going. Eggplant emoji? Oh. Water droplets emoji. Oh, okay, that changes the whole thing. Ew. <laughs> you know what that means. You don't have to be a. You don't have to have the Rosetta Stone to translate that one. Yeah, he's waiting for rain for his garden. We all know what that means. <laughs> Those eggplants—they need to be watered regularly. <laughs> oh man, imagine if this is just what celebrities do now when they're kind of on the other side of their careers. Like and now they're on Cameo, where they're like, "Wish you happy birthday." Maybe the next move is just to go straight to OnlyFans. Is it sad to me? It, I it's don't know. It's kind of pathetic. It, it's kind of pathetic, but then you look and you hear about how much money people are making with their OnlyFans accounts, and you see the cash me outside girl living in a, you know, a hundred million dollar mansion all of a sudden. Yeah. Yeah, I don't feel jealous of her, though. <laughs> yeah, I don't know, but like, he just made a ton of money. So, like, the, he, he doesn't need the money. I, I don't know how much he could possibly make from this thing. I, I, I'm sure enough. And to but... me, it, it almost feels like, remember the movie Boogie Nights? 
Yeah, yeah. Dirk Diggler has it all. He's on top of the world, and then he gets into the drugs, and his career spirals out of control. And then he ends up, to make money, he ends up showing his his Diggler to uh, people in their trucks behind, like, a plaza for money. Which is kind of how he started. Bucks. He, like, reverted back to what he was doing. Yeah. yeah. Like, is that not almost, like... The high end version of that. Well, I'd say it's a step backward backwards in your career path <laughs> for sure. It doesn't seem like it doesn't seem like he's working towards this his whole life. You know what I mean? I'll, I'll be very interested to see, and he's going to make a ton of money. I, I'm interested to see how. I, like I, I know it's Tommy Lee, but I, I mean, like I guess he's still got fans. I mean, people are still like I'm still a fan, but like not to see him. Like, I like if you want to see it, he just posted on Instagram for free. You can just find that picture. How many different angles do you need? Well, uh, maybe he knows some tricks. If he he better be <laughs> playing drums with it. There better be like something else going on. If he plays "Home Sweet Home" on the piano with that thing, that it's worth the price of admission. <laughs> I just one big gong. <laughs> Sorry, what did you say? Gong. A gong. Yeah, yeah. Like his drums. He plays a drum solo, and then, and then he stands up and gong. <laughs> Nineteen ninety nine. Maybe that's what's coming. Something is. <laughs> this is the Taz and Jim podcast.